So welcome everyone, and um, this is our last night of the retreat. You may have thought that it would never end. And um, of course, whatever begins has an end. And I personally love retreat life. I like to call it a retreat world, the world of the retreat. I think what I love about it most is, is that it brings out the best in us, the, the realness in us. There's a very sacred intimacy that happens uh, in retreat with ourselves and with each other. You know, in the I, I've done a lot of uh, traveling around the world teaching. Back home, people sometimes ask me, well, did you see this? Did you see that? My son said, did you see Building 101? <laughs> I saw it in the distance. Have you been to the night market? Not yet, but maybe I'll go. Of course, when I travel to all these different places, I look out the window and I see things. But, but what I get to see, no tourist would ever see. I get to see the human heart. There is nothing more beautiful than being with you and listening to your life and your real heart. There's no better view than this. And that you are so gracious to allow and to trust me to come into your heart with you. And we can share and talk deeply about life, about death, about sorrow, about joy, the mystery. Like, it doesn't get any better than that, this type of 
connection and intimacy with fellow human beings on this planet. A number of people have asked, well, what do I do when the retreat ends? So I'll speak a little bit about that tonight. But I'll, I'll start off by saying that the retreat doesn't end tomorrow. Just like all of you that if that if you know that if have given birth, it's not like the birth, then you gotta deal with this kid for the next, you know, eighty years or whatever. So what I'm really trying to say is that the real retreat is our life and all that comes up in it. Coming to these retreats, it's not really meant to like to like hide and get away from the world, but to embrace the world. What we learn here, we want to bring into our lives. Otherwise, what would be the use of going on a retreat if it wasn't good for our life? So I think if we could really understand that our life is the retreat and whatever comes up in our life is our practice, we will progress in our practice. And so I want to begin by speaking about some ways that will support ourselves in practice. And I've been talking about, uh, you know, in, in some of the talks about the Four Noble Truths of Realization, Suffering, Its Causes. And tonight I want to speak about the fourth uh, realization, which is sometimes, no, well, I guess it's called the Noble Eightfold Path. 
So just to review again, the first is the realization of suffering. The second is the realization that there are causes. The third realization that if you begin to lessen the causes, you will lessen suffering. And the fourth is the way to lessen suffering, which is called the Eightfold Path. And it's a beautiful teaching because it's really revealing to us how we can live our lives with greater integrity. And that living a life of integrity supports the steadying of the mind and the heart. And the steadying of the mind and the heart helps to support and grow in deeper insight and wisdom. I have such a deep appreciation for these teachings because they're practical on how to live our lives and to lessen suffering and increase more happiness. And all of these uh, different steps in the Eightfold Path are all intertwined, they're interrelated, each supports the other. And so in practical manners, there's a great emphasis on how to live our lives with integrity, an ethical, kind way of living. Begins with wise speech and wise action and wise livelihood. Livelihood and speech. speech and action. These support the ethical side of how to live our lives. The steadying of the mind involves wise effort, wise mindfulness, wise concentration. In, 
老天爷给我们一一张嘴，但是两个耳朵。Listening， 聆听。Understanding another， 去理解别人。It's one of the greatest gifts that we can offer another human being is to listen and to understand them. Because the power of our speech can really affect others. If we're Lying, it breaks trust. If we're slandering, it creates division. If it's harsh, we might create shaming, envy. 如果如果我们说的话非常的强硬的时候，也许会让对方升起一种不高兴的一种或者羞愧的心情。Hurts feelings， 伤害了他们的心，伤害了他们的感受。So here's a few tips for wise speech。在这里有几个是什么样有明智的语言的几个呃建议。Let your speech be useful. Honest. Kind. Beneficial. And timely. We can begin to connect. There's a hunger in our world to connect with each other. 其实，在我们的世界上，人与人之间的一种连接，我们这个与人之间的连接是非常渴求的。And our technology is bringing us together。当然，我们的新的科技可以把我们很很多人连接在一起。You know, when I first traveled to Burma in 1980, I'd have to write an aerogram. It would take a month to get there, and and what is it even be sure if, if it even got there? Some of you here don't even know what an aerogram is. Some of you don't know about an aerogram. Some of you. Yeah, there's a few. Now you can, I can talk to a friend in Burma. Just click, click a button, boom, email there in a second. I don't know what the number is in Facebook, but it might be almost one and a half billion by this point of people connecting with each other all over the world. That's not even including WeChat. <laughs> 在国外，在中国以外的地方，有一个念书的一个 Facebook 的那个网站。现在我相信，因为大概有可能十五亿人在里面连接着。那当然，这个还没有包括中国大陆在内的微信。You know, all these things are great ways to connect, but also remember to meet the person that you live next door to. 
当然，这都是一个非常有用的工具，去帮我们跟别人连接。但是，也许要我们别忘记了，我们的邻居可以直接跟我的邻居见个面，打交道。So when we speak of wise action, we speak. Sorry. 当我们在提到明智的行为的时候 ，We're speaking of、um, these trainings that we began the retreat with of not causing harm, hurting other people, of killing. 这起点是还记得我们刚开始这个进修的时候，我们都承诺我们的承诺过不伤害别人，不伤害一切的生物。Not stealing. 不去偷偷盗东西。And of course, as householders, we're not monastic, so when we go home, let us be wise with our sexuality and not cause harming with our sexuality. 当然，我们都不是出家人。当我们回到家的时候，我们当然是可以有正常的性行为。但是，让我们留意到我们的性欲，我们的性行为不会造成对任何人的伤害。Of course, with our speech, as mentioned, and also the wise use, if you are using alcohol and things like that, how can I use it wisely, or maybe even not at all? Like, how do we be wise with this? 还有，我们提到过，就是明智的语言，我们刚才已经提到过。还有最后一个，就是如果我们是回到家的时候，我们要喝酒，或者是呃喝酒的话，我们怎么样可以明智的去？At least for some of us here, we may remember the effects of being intoxicated and regretting later. And then looking at our livelihood. And you know, we all have to make a living, so I understand. When, with as much as possible, can we be aligned with where we work in ways that that cause the least of harming? I think impossible to do no harming, but the least of harming in the works that we do. So, in our work, how can we be aligned with where we work in ways that that cause the least of harming? 但是我们Living with integrity helps to support our mindfulness, our concentration, our effort in practice.
And so these ways can really be supportive as far as coming back into our lives at home to cultivating our sense of living ethically or virtuously that helps to steady the mind, that helps to grow in wisdom. So let these uh, noble eightfold steps support and guide your way in your life. This is the best thing that I can tell you to help support you in your practice as you leave here. And tomorrow we'll speak of some practical supports of how to bring your practice at home and we'll hear from both Jimmy and Kevin about places in China and Taiwan which might be available for you to help practice mindfulness with. For the rest of the evening, I want to speak about the heart. And uh, I believe for for you, the word mindfulness in Chinese, the heart is part of the character, isn't it? Maybe uh, Kevin, please tell us what 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 it's like heart and mind, or mind is heart? present, present mind, present mind to 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 what to what is combined present mind and a heart, present heart. It's beautiful, you get it built right into your language. All the Westerners are trying to figure out what mindfulness means, and you got the perfect definition. So we're in this lifetime journey going about a foot from here to here and connecting these two. Yeah. 
And I often, in my own experience, practicing mindfulness, as I've become more sensitive and aware of my own suffering and pain, it has brought me much more understanding of the suffering and pain of others. It's opened my heart. In the Dharma, you speak of uh, four different qualities of the heart. There's loving kindness. There's compassion. There's uh, empathy. And, uh, and equanimity, balance. So loving kindness, metta, is a, it's a quality of friendliness. It's that which softens the hardened heart. And compassion is a sense of joining with pain. And actually, I mentioned empathy, but actually, another word we use sometimes is called sympathetic joy that I feel the happiness, your happiness makes me happy. Like rejoicing in one's happiness. And equanimity or balance is a wisdom factor. It's even hearted, it is kindness, a sense of balance. So I'd like to share with you the story of how the loving kindness meditation came about. How many of you here have practiced or heard of the loving kindness meditation? Yeah, quite a quite a number of you. Beautiful practice. So the the history of loving kindness meditation goes back to the time of the Buddha. And there was a group of forest monks that 
said farewell to the Buddha and they went to a very far, far forest to meditate for a few months in deep silence. And the monks came to this very beautiful forested place. <coughs> and uh, they began to meditate there, and it was just perfect. But what they didn't know was that in that remote forest lived a whole group of tree spirits. And when the tree spirits saw that the monks weren't leaving, they got very angry because this was their beautiful home and the monks were living there and they were not invited. And so these tree spirits also had magical powers and they transformed their beautiful appearances into really scary looking ones and then out of their arms and their body was a terrible stink. And when they yelled, their voice was screechy and terrible and horrifying to hear. Well, they scared those monks, and those monks fled that forest in fear. And so they traveled back to the, and saw the Buddha, and the Buddha said, what are you doing back here? You said you were going off a few months, and then they told them what had happened. And then the Buddha said, I want you to go back and I'm going to teach you a meditation. I want you to practice it every single step of the way. And he taught him the loving kindness meditation. So every step of the way back, lifting, moving, placing, the monks were extending their loving kindness to all creatures, great and small. May all beings dwell with peace. As they began to approach the forest, the tree spirits up above looked out and saw the monks coming back and they were outraged. 
没没有生灵去的时候，每次生灵的生灵的精灵看到他们回来，他们都非常非常愤怒。And they immediately transformed themselves into even scarier-looking appearances, and their voices were screeching; they could almost break glass, and the stink that came out of their body—you would almost want to vomit. But each step of the way, the monks lifting, moving, placing, extending this loving kindness, this compassion, standing it out in all directions, one step at a time. And the tree spirits were waiting to pounce on the monks, but then they felt it was like a soft, incredible wind that entered into the forest. It was so kind. The feeling was so benevolent that they just just changed themselves back into their beautiful appearances immediately when they felt that wave of friendliness. Some of the tree spirits began to sweep the forest floor. Others gathered some water. Some actually created a little fire to greet these monks. Such is the power of love. The tree spirits were so taken with the monks, they said, "Please stay here with us. Teach us this meditation. We'll all meditate together." And like with some of these nice Buddhist stories, they all got enlightened and they all lived happily ever after. May we never underestimate the powers of love. Even a single candle in the darkest of the night, when you light it, it dispels the darkness around it.
Love dispels fear, dispels pain, dispels separation. Jen and I were talking last night and feel like one of the, the deepest causes of suffering is that sense of being separate. The love brings connection. And actually it breaks what we call the it breaks narcissism, it breaks greed and hatred and ignorance. There's eleven benefits of practicing loving kindness. One sleeps peacefully. One wakes up peacefully. One has pleasant dreams. One is loved by human beings. One is loved by animals. One is protected. Protected from outer harm, fire, poison, weapons. <laughs> is joyful and unified. Is bright and has a very nice complexion. One dies peacefully. And if there is a rebirth, one has a fortunate rebirth. This is from Buddhist texts, and I know that's a kind of a controversial topic. <laughs> so I will not go there. But I will speak something about um, some of us laughed and we're like protection from outer harm. So I'm going to tell you a little story about that. This is a true story. Uh, a friend of mine uh, was a was a Buddhist nun. And she was traveling and happened to be um, in New York at the time. And she had to go to some store to get something. In New York, they have these type of stores that are like a hundred times bigger than this room. They're vast. 
在美国有一些这样的一个商店呢，是非常非常大的，也许比这个房间大一百百倍。So she was deep in some place in this store. And it was towards closing time. And um, she was bending down at something, and all of a sudden she felt and then saw two arms. Coming around her like this. So she told me the first thing she became aware of was touching sensation. And then became aware that、um, something strange was happening here, and she began to just send this person all her loving kindness. And all of a sudden, this guy moves his hands away. It's almost like an electric shock. Moves his hands away, and then told him, "Ma'am, ma'am, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I don't know what got into me," and left the store running away. Then, suddenly, in a moment, he Such is the power of love. It also mentioned about dying peacefully, so I'll tell you a story. This is a, a mindfulness story. Um, a number of years ago now, probably in the late 90s, I went and visited my teacher, Langdit Siedo, in Burma. And he had been my teacher for 25 years. He was in his early 90s. And I was with him for a period of time, and then I was going back home the the next day to back home, and so I had a a question for him. I realized the last night I was with him. And、um, I'd asked him many questions, and I was pretty satisfied. But then one more came. It was a really big one, and I had to ask him because I don't know whether I would ever see him again. And as it turned out, I never did. 
I never was able to get back to Burma again. He died at the age of 98. He was a monk for 78 years. Was a meditation master, practiced so many years. So my last question to him was, I wanted to ask him, what was he going to do when death knocked on his door? Because, you know, he was in his 90s and, you know, he's getting up there. And he looked at me for quite some time and then he asked me a question that I wasn't expecting. He said, Bob, are you afraid to die? And that threw me off guard because I, I asked him what he was going to do and he's talking about me. So he could see that I was a little shaken up and he told me, Bob, you need to meditate more. <laughs> I said, yes, Edo, you're right. So I paused for a moment and got my breath. And then I asked him again, Sero, what are you going to do? Because I'm curious, I want to know, what is he going to do? He's a meditation practitioner. So he said something to me that I will pass on to you that uh, is such an incredibly beautiful teaching that I aspire to. I had even told my my hundred year old grandmother what what the Sado said, and even my grandmother said, He's a wise man, that's pretty good. What the Sero said was, 
if you, if I see something, I'll be mindful of seeing. If I smell something, I'll be mindful of smelling. If I hear something, I'll be mindful of hearing. If I taste something, I'll be mindful of tasting. If I feel something, I'll be mindful of feeling. If there's thoughts and emotions that are rising in awareness, I will be mindful of thoughts and emotions rising in awareness. This is how I will die. This is how I want you to die. <laughs> Did you get all that? That's a lot. <laughs> I, I'll help you. 我触碰到什么有什么甚至有什么感受我会保持正念觉察的去感受如果我有什么念头情绪的到来我会保持正念觉察的去感受这个情绪或者念头这就是我要是我遗失的时候我会做的事情每一步我都会继续保持正念觉
So he was content. Huh? He was content. And there'd be many nights where I would be with him and I would massage his feet. We'd hardly talk at times. So many nights I can just remember listening to him breathe. And it would take me to the deepest forests of peace that I've ever been to. He was so utterly contented within his being. One last thing I'll just say about him. You know, there's certain teachers that have like a lot of charisma, like you kind of notice them. Mindset was the opposite of charisma. If, if you went into a room and there was furniture and so forth in there, and he was also in there. <laughs> you might notice the lamp or the chair before you notice him. <laughs> He just didn't attract energy towards himself. You, you, you wouldn't even know he was there. Till one day I turned around and I thought, who is this guy? He doesn't need any type of attention at all. The Sado had a lot of loving kindness. It was very dear when I left and Jan and I got married. And being his son, it wasn't easy for me to leave, but he gave Jan and I such deep blessings. So may we never underestimate the powers of love. Our ability to begin to forgive ourselves. To be reconciled to those that we've hurt. And even the reconciliation of those that have hurt ourselves. To me, one of uh, the greatest aspirations I have in my life is to die without any resentment in my heart. 
我们说人的罪犯的期盼或者期待，就是当我死的时候，我没有一丝一毫的怨恨还留在我的心里。And I've had a wonderful teacher that really showed that to me. 呃，我有一个非常了不起的老师给我这样一个教导。And、that's Jan's mother, Sharon. 就是 Jan 的母亲。She'd had, you know, parts of her life very wonderful, but also she had betrayal, very deep betrayal. Sharm, she was not a meditator, but she understood some deep things about life. She had forgiven her her former husband who had betrayed her. Not only forgave, but also expressed interest for his welfare, even though he was now with another person caring for him. I would love to be able to die free of resentment. And that practice begins now. Not later. And so,、um, this reconciliation to ourselves, the times we've been hard on ourselves, the reconciliation to those we've hurt. Reconciliation to those that have hurt me. If we can practice in this way, our hearts will grow open and flexible and light. So let's just sit for a few minutes. I'm just taking in what was said. So I'll end by just reading a beautiful poem by a, an American-Palestinian poet named Naomi Shihab Nye called "Kindness."
So before you know what kindness really is, you must lose things and feel the future dissolve in a moment like salt in a weakened broth. And what you held in your hand and what you counted and carefully saved, all this must go so you know how desolate the landscapes can be between the regions of kindness. How you ride and ride, thinking the bus will never stop and the passengers eating corn and chicken will stare out those windows forever. Before you learn the tender gravity of kindness, you must travel where an Indian and a white poncho lies dead on the side of the road, and you must see how this could be you, and how that he too was someone who journeyed through the night with plans and the simple breath that kept him alive. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of that cloth. And then it's only kindness that makes sense anymore. It's only kindness that ties your shoes and sends you out into the day to gaze at the bread. Only kindness that raises his head from the crowd of the world to say, it is I you have been looking for, and then goes with you everywhere like a shadow or a friend. Then it is only kindness that makes sense anymore. May all beings be at peace.
And so thank you, and let us uh, just feel free to walk a little bit or mindfully stretch, and we could have the bell rung at about 9 o'clock, and we'll come back in for last sit, and we'll actually do a loving-kindness meditation.